Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Takeaway Club where I talk to interesting people across different walks of life to get to know their stories and more importantly how they got to where they are including their motivations, habits, routines and aspirations some of which we can apply to our own lives. Hey, before we get into the episode, a quick update. Along with the podcast, we now have a newsletter. It's called Beat the Blues, a bite-sized curation every Monday with the most interesting and random content that I come across in the week prior. Earlier, I used to do this in an ad hoc manner, sharing an article, giving book recommendations to my friends. That's when one of my friends uh, suggested why not do this in a more organized fashion. And that's why we turned this into a weekly newsletter. It's a small non-intrusive email every Monday with a bulletin of whatever content I am currently into. It could be the books I am reading, the podcasts I am learning from, tweet threads that I enjoy. Just a small boost to kickstart your week and hence the name Beat the Blues. So if you are someone who enjoys insightful random content but don't have the time to sit through and do the dirty work of browsing to find them, you are going to love this. It's super easy. Just head over to thetakeaway.club and hit the subscribe button and you'll get the very next one. Hello, lovely humans. Thank you for tuning in to The Takeaway Club. In today's episode, I had the pleasure of talking to one of the smartest and exuberant founders in the Chennai startup ecosystem, He's a man on a mission to redefine the travel experience. It's none other than Hari Ganapati, founder and CEO Pick Your Trail. It is a conversation that I've been looking forward to for quite some time. We had actually planned to get this done in the month of July, but one thing led to another, something or another came up and we had to reschedule a bunch of times. But we had a lot of fun, even around the whole back and forth in the build up to the episode. Uh, turning it into a meme fest as you might have seen in the show notes but uh, finally we managed to get this done and uh, like a lot of good things it was definitely worth the wait. Hari is an incredible human being someone I've always looked up to both as a leader and as a person. We cover a lot of things in the conversation and uh, if you're hesitant about listening or rolling your eyes at the length of the episode you can throw those doubts out the window right now because the conversation absolutely flies. There is not one part that you would actually want to skip, right from his encounter with the German family as an exchange student, to the paradigm shifts in the travel industry. Yes, that was the breadth and length of this conversation. Uh, We deep dive into a lot of things, some things as straightforward as the lessons he learned from his time at Inmobi, and at times more intricate stuff like connecting the dots, founder and their personality and how it impacts the company's culture and so on. And uh, anyone who knows Hari knows how eloquent and generous he is with his words. But even I was surprised at how open and candid he was about certain delicate subjects like uh, the current crisis and the question of survival for Picure Trail and such. All in all, it was a fun, super insightful conversation and I hope you have as much fun listening as we did when recording. Without further ado, here's a wide-ranging conversation with Hari Ganapati. 
Hi Hari. Hi Krishna, how are you? I'm I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How are you? Very good, Krishna. Thank you. Thank you for doing this. I know I have sort of cursed you into agreeing to get on the show. I mean, <laughs> I think if you make a good uh, good uh, you know hustler, your persistence is insane. And I've also been quite uh, a kind of uh, you know uh, held up with other stuff and. and thanks to your persistence and memes so thank you for having me here <laughs> memes yeah i think if it that was my favorite part of this whole outreach you know so i don't think uh, i've ever done that with anyone else uh, we have in the course of uh, the whole correspondence i would have shared like uh, five six memes right all tamil yeah. memes that is very specific to our whole invite okay correct so if it's okay with you i'll probably put that up on the show notes So I leave it up to you. Sure, 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 sure. Please go ahead. In fact, I can maybe choose uh, one, the one I thought was really favorite as well. But uh, it was crazy. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, it uh, boded well for me because I know you are also a fan of memes. So these are actually some of the aspects that I want to get into right, as we progress with the conversation. But I thought a good uh, starting point uh, would be, you know, your incredible and eventful journey so far. it's hard to pick one particular aspect when you have so many highlights so perhaps i'll start with the most exciting and probably the most easily relatable one your love for travel where did it all began and what was your first visit like or when did you realize this was more than just you know a one time thing for most indians it's traveling to foreign countries is like i want to do this one country that's on my bucket list So, at what point did it uh, transform from being this one thing you wanted to do to being the center of everything that you do in a way? It's very, very well put, right? So, I think uh, if I had to reflect, uh, I think this this slowly grew upon and more than you know one one pivotal point. Uh, I think the fact that uh, we enjoyed travel, both me and Shrinath, my co-founder, right? Uh-huh. We've kind of uh, naturally we enjoy travel and it's it's for me i, I don't know there's a very very beautiful uh, essay by pico ayer on why we travel right it's uh-huh. a long form essay uh, i think that that essay i would have read at least 100 times uh, till date i think and this is not something that i've read after starting but i mean during travel itself right because i think i was introduced to it uh, on twitter i think about 8 9 years back and uh, it's a uh, it's something that very i can personally identify with with respect to why we travel right and and for me i mean the very interesting parts about i mean you travel in some sense to both find your true sense and at the same time get lost right so i think the very interesting ways of uh, what travel means to me and uh, in general i think uh, travel is is very curious by nature right i mean you are new place you want to know why they eat those kind of foods or why is that festival celebrated that way right and and that in some sense travel kind of satiates the curiosity right mm-hmm. uh, it it makes you a seeker you kind of i mean you go to a new place then you want to explore in the night you want to just go walk about see how people respond right very simple things like you know how people stand in a queue versus you know how people buy things and it's very different right and and how do you negotiate and i think that way uh, 
I've been I've been fortunate enough, uh, privileged enough to have had the parents who who had these LTAs, right? Uh, leave mm-hmm. travel allowances as a concept, right? So I think uh, obviously you end up using it uh, almost every two years because it happens once in four years. So dad side, mom side, I mean, you just keep doing it. Uh, and and you like it, don't like it, a large part of the travel at that point in time when I still didn't have a choice uh, or say in where we were going were all to temples, right? But mm-hmm. then when you end up going to the temple, you also end up going to the beach near the temple or you end up going to something, right? There is there is Gaya, there is Varnasi, there is uh, uh, Puri uh-huh. Jagannath, right? And all of that, there is Mathura. So you end up going to Mathura, you also end up going to Taj Mahal, right? So in some sense, some parts of other things also get covered. And I think a very early on, uh, obviously, while a large part of the initial travel, like I said, was around uh, temples, but I think that that urge to go out and, and be there, I think, was there. Mm-hmm. And I was lucky enough to then have friends, right? I mean, see, NetNet, a lot of the habits that you pick up is about the company that you have, right? So, I mean, that's that's very crucial to, especially, I think, when you're around 22, 23 to about 35, the circle that you keep really defines the habits that you pick up and you kind of hold on to, right? So, I was fortunate to have friends who were kind of uh, willing and, and they were keen as well to travel and things like that. So, we ended up doing very small trips around places and where you stayed. So you go, I mean, Bangalore, you go places around and, and things like that, right? And so on, just kind of added to it. And uh, when I got into B school, I was very, very clear that I wanted to exchange program. I mean, there was one focal pivotal point of by by that second semester. I mean, because purely, I think that is a beautiful time to kind of explore the world. And, you, and it's a, in some sense, mm-hmm. uh, accredited, you get a grades for it as well, right? Obviously, there is one one thought process in, in B school also is that that's the term where the exchange students also come in, which means it's a term to also improve your grades because in B school, it's all relative grading. So exchange students coming in also uh, want to see and travel around India. That's mm-hmm. why they come here, right? So, I mean, generally, and they're not as competitive in some words, if I have to use the word, as Indians, right? Uh, so they don't cram so much, right? Uh-huh. So it's a great opportunity for you to improve your grades, right? And... Uh, I mean, so very clearly having that focus that, no, I am going to do that. Then because then you won't get, you know, slightly greedy and say, no, should I go? Mm-hmm. I think I can improve my grades if I stay here, right? And also what it meant was I had to kind of also forego a lot of responsibilities. For example, I could not apply to be a PlaceCom member. Mm-hmm. I could not apply to become a, a student alumni, a, a student administrative council member. Because if you, if you become members of those clubs, then you can't do your exchange term. Right, so it is a trade-off, right? So, but then I was I was uh, fortunate enough to have that trade-off very clearly aligned, saying, you know what, now I will travel, and that was like a phenomenal uh, experience, three months, uh, and that that I think in some sense really backpacking across Europe. Uh, you got a URL pass, so you can get board any train you want in second class for free. I mean, it's phenomenal. That experience really changed uh, the breadth at which I wanted to travel, and that, that was great. And eventually, the the the, I mean, every idea needs a needs that catalyst starting starting point, right? So mm-hmm. that that uh, that came in a Euro trip when me and Shinath uh, Shinath had his visa rejected twice, right? Uh, for a trip to Europe when he applied on his own, uh-huh. and then later we were going as a family jingbang uh, to Europe, and he said, "Dude, I want to just apply along with you guys," mm-hmm. and he became an EU and he applied, and he got his uh, visa, right? Uh-huh. That's how the, the his reason for even applying and traveling with us was, "Hey, twice I've applied as a solo backpacker, I've been rejected." Right, and I just want to kind of tag along with you guys and get my visa. Right, I mean that's how innocuous his reason to apply and travel with us was. Right, 
but then never did literally we imagine that uh, that trip would kind of come back and change uh-huh. uh, our entire professional careers right so i mean that again goes back to uh, this is beautiful essay on uh, by p marka on entrepreneur and the four types of luck right and one of the fundamental lucks is just just to show up luck right and being a sales guy all my life i mean that's a very very under uh, valued luck right uh-huh. just by showing up right like my multiple times you end up creating luck that's true so i think uh, mm-hmm. shinath applying for that visa just in some sense to show up luck i mean we kind of went there and then when he went there i mean it really was like three different itineraries mm-hmm. shinath wanted to do his bachelor right kind uh-huh. of stuff and then me and my wife we want to do a bunch of stuff and then our parents they were stepping up for the first time they have these huge memories of europe and paris and switzerland and what not so we kind of built three different itineraries within the same trip and we managed to kind of do a good job of it and and then we also met people on the trip they were like hey, how are you guys doing so much and they came in your standard package tours right i mean a bunch of these experiences uh-huh. this was october september october 2012 right and then you come back and then uh, 2013 was when we said okay the idea triggered say okay i mean and before that also right me and shia we done bike trips right uh-huh. uh, a bunch of these stuff right so i think we kind of travel quite a bit together so it is quite easy uh, to kind of know and you also know each other for about 12 years now so i think it's a culmination of various experiences which which were laid over multiple years and we said chalo what's the worst that could happen right you uh-huh. both like about 26 27 i mean worst could happen is in two years you shut down right and uh, the best that could happen is uh, you know you build end up building something phenomenal mm-hmm. and that could be enriching for both of us right and a large bunch of people who will come and build along with you and also in the worst case uh, there's one silver lining was that we'll end up knowing so much about the industry that uh-huh. for the rest of our lives true, travel true. will be subsidized right mm-hmm. so i mean we will know enough suppliers enough partners to kind of subsidize our travel for the rest of our years right that's the opportunity cost of not working two years uh-huh. versus you getting good flight deals i mean she has booked a flight deal for uh, uh, turkey business class return trip at 20 grand per person i mean you end up figuring all of this out by being part of that uh, trade So I think it's a bunch of stuff, but very early on, travel has been a part of integral part of uh, what I've done, and those life experiences have kind of made it easy to make this choice and commit to it for a much larger period of time. Makes sense. So, can you recall like a particular encounter or a maybe a situation with a group of people, perhaps a cultural practice that is unique to one particular country that uh, caught your attention? So I tell you, I mean, my my student exchange program itself, uh-huh. right? I like talk about it. so so i mean i knew german i studied german for a while so i was very clear i want to apply uh, in germany to also enhance my german speaking skills uh-huh. and things like that right so i applied and i and i got through university in in a place called zeppelin zeppelin mm-hmm. is at uh, is at the border between austria switzerland and germany the mm-hmm. choice also was because uh, from there austria was like it's like from chennai to pondicherry madri uh-huh. but faster trains mm-hmm. so 20 minutes you're in austria in a 30 minute boat ride you're in switzerland it's a very fancy thing like you're like oh i'm going in exchange but i can go to switzerland whenever i want i go to austria whenever i want only when you go there you realize it's like karnataka kerala tamil nadu but then like you're always being taught about three different countries and things like that so i said uh-huh. we'll go there uh-huh. and then after i applied the university kind of wrote back to me saying given you know german right mm-hmm. do you want to try a program which we are doing which is called stay with the family right uh-huh. wherein you'll be staying with a german family i said uh-huh. okay super what not we'll just try and do it Mm-hmm. Right, and then we we wrote a couple of families, and finally one of them uh, accepted, and I was game. Uh-huh. Right? So I mean, imagine, right? I mean, uh, you're uh-huh. 
your uh, i've i've never actually till that point uh, i've broadly lived only with my family i've never uh-huh. even had to live uh, uh, even college was the first time i had mm-hmm. to live kind of uh, in a hostel kind of stuff right so i was going to stay with a separate family i thought okay pa i mean they'll have a house and side lower out out house will be there mm-hmm. i'll be kind of somewhere there in some sense right okay. and uh, i land up and then i realized that i'm going to be actually staying with them in one of their bedrooms uh-huh right i mean it had to be the same hall same kitchen uh-huh. and i mean there was very very new for me and that even the thought was alien and this was before airbnb days right 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 uh-huh. so imagine the thought of having to actually stay with the family was very kind of very yeah. new uh-huh. right okay there was one separation shock i had to get along with the first day i landed at about 4 o'clock in the afternoon in their house uh-huh. right and then i go there and we settle down i'm still getting over the shock it's the same bedroom and and i have to like uh-huh. you can't there's no in some sense you're in, in, invading into their privacy and they're invading into your privacy but uh-huh. you're like you're still making it a transaction out of it right mm-hmm. so and then at about 435 weeks kind of slowly icebreaker getting to know mm-hmm. each other and they made tea and stuff yeah chai and things like that and then about 637 uh, the host mom simon she asked me uh, so hari uh, you must be hungry do you want something to eat right uh-huh. uh and and i don't know i just said no right mm-hmm. no i am comfortable right and we are so used to in our homes and cultures la pa sab de parola that's happened uh-huh. right no no have something to eat have something to eat and that lady just walked out <laughs> she said good night and I slept she just slept yeah man and there i was waiting for somebody to again ask me saying la parola have something to eat <laughs> right? yeah that makes i don't know sense. i just said uh-huh. i just said la i don't want hungry i want come and dude and they just went to sleep at about 7:30 in the evening uh-huh. and imagine being in a house you don't know you don't even know the kitchen how uh-huh. it feels <laughs> and then there's no food so there's literally no food found yourself like danush and miyaradi ni mohini no it's crazy <laughs> and, and and i tried okay mumbling and grumbling and going to bed i was really hungry right <laughs> then apde night 10:30 i woke up and we had this habit of eating right night fridge la irukuma paathu some bread i found some spread i found uh-huh. and the poor thing they're so used to being it's it's not like a very big city la right so it's uh-huh. very very well spaced out mm. so there's literally no noise when you speak sleeping and there i was making noises with cutlery and stuff and she woke up but she also could not come and tell me anything because she also found very awkward and i had to make my own food it's crazy so from that time like on they are nice people right it's just not in their culture to do this uh, you know That's it. i mean they ask you once three times so for us there is certain sense of warmth right uh-huh. it's you saying no and then me asking you again and then you saying yes right <laughs> it's 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 part of your you know like we go to all of these uh, uh, rajasthani food places right they just mm-hmm. keep pouring food <laughs> like true. for us that is that pouring that love and affection is a way we kind of say we care right they like very transactional even there uh-huh. you want you don't want okay i don't want fine super done <laughs> even today when we meet and I, luckily that the relationship is really strong i uh-huh. i've kind of known each other for now about 8 years now we continue to like laugh about this and how mm-hmm. how now after that she's come to india many times right she's uh-huh. actually experienced this 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 other side of it right where she says uh-huh. no but people keep pushing her no no you have to have something you have to have something right so i was that was crazy as a personal experience i like we got for a really long time so but so i want to get back to your uh, love for travel and of course how uh, you talked about how it led to uh, founding pyt as such but before that uh, if we can rewind the clock a little bit and go back to your 
uh, younger days you know even before college maybe your school time or can you look back now and uh, point out any memorable incidents that sort of set you up for success you now whatever you are doing currently no i think see net net okay i don't know if, if there's any one pivotal uh, uh-huh. characteristic or whatever habit but i think i've i've generally tried to live life uh, even you look at covid right now right i mean mm-hmm. this is not something in our control we had grandos plans for pick your trail and things were going great that's it it just threw a spanner in everybody's works right what's happening right now i think uh, luckily enough i've had multiple experiences where uh, where things have kind of gone not necessarily as per plan so i think there's one thing i, I really don't think uh, that you can have grand plans and execute it mm-hmm. uh, them to the t i think uh, this insane amount of uncertainty that happens along the way and for example like i i never knew i'd be doing bsc in physics i always thought okay engineering was very easy and i would end up doing engineering but uh, i mean right around so there's something called tnpc which happens in uh, tn for you to kind of get into uh-huh. your uh, engineering right so uh, bang in the middle of the tnpc exam prep my dad had an accident and went into coma right and, and i was really trying to prepare from the Uh-huh. Uh, ICU for the TNPC entrance, and obviously didn't go really well, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, so net net, the question was, should you do a page seat uh, versus you know you do having to do a, a some other course, right? Mm-hmm. And those are decisions you have to make at that point in time. While while parents think very differently, I mean, there's a financial strain already with the accident, and I didn't see, I didn't have great marks to kind of go back and do a free seat, right? So then you took that leap of faith, say, okay, we'll do a base physics. i mean that's all about right? i didn't think too much but in that point uh-huh. you could only really so much right similarly i mean 10th i was in dav gopalpuram slightly mm-hmm. good schools in chennai known to be mm-hmm. and uh, and obviously i was doing quite well uh, i mean i was not a phenomenal like like you know rank top 10 ranks but mm-hmm. i would not be bad like 85 to 90% right probably mm-hmm. there so it is quite obvious i thought okay chalo i'll get into 11th in dav right but again dav had something called a pre board exam Uh-huh. that they have before the boards and they actually use the pre board exam marks as a cut off for entrance into 11th because they can't wait for uh-huh. board exam results to come out right uh-huh. to give entrance right uh-huh. and everybody who is part of dav would have to clear some x percentage of the pre board exam for you to kind of get there mm-hmm. right and the bang in the middle of that i had appendicitis operation so i couldn't write my pre board exams sure right so mm-hmm. and obviously dav being dav very discipline oriented and and very truly so they said sorry you wouldn't written i can't assure you a seat right now so we'll figure it out after board exams mm-hmm. right i mean so then the doctor also advised you can't travel so far and find mm-hmm. some other school right and i ended up in sboa because it's closer to home i shouldn't uh-huh. travel so far right but luckily there was my first covid experience because from 5th till about 10th i was in a boys school right uh-huh. and again college was was boys school mm-hmm. right so if i look back now maybe that incident just added up gave me that little bit of exposure especially uh-huh. 11th and 12th you the your peak your your hormonal activity and stuff like that so i mean in some sense you are able to kind of get that get that feeling and get that overall experience of having to work with other folks right i mean so net net i think there's a large part of uh, things that you can't control uh-huh. in in how things happen and i've always kind of uh, tried being cognizant of that right mm-hmm. despite the only thing in your control is is your effort right mm-hmm. and the outcome is is not really in our control at all yeah. and that's largely helped me uh, run and also do things right so mm-hmm. maybe that's that's one thing that i kind of stick to is is how do you kind of stay true to efforts and uh-huh. and let the outcomes take care of itself 
let's talk about uh, inmobi of course inmobi needs no introduction india's first unicorn it's like a poster child of our startup ecosystem in a way what was that experience like uh, especially switching from a b2c brand like britannia i think inmobi uh, has has a lot uh, for in terms of our overall outlook in terms of uh, like it rightly pointed out the one of the first uh, startup companies to kind of uh, really made a name for itself in india right and uh, even there i think uh, so i when i wanted to move out of britannia uh, because we were married and we were doing long distance post marriage you want to come back mm-hmm. closer home i interviewed there and uh, the person was reporting into and me didn't get along well i kind of cleared my visa interview and abi's interview but uh, uh-huh. the person was going to report to and me didn't get along really well so kind of didn't work out right? but again uh, then that person moved out to the company itself and then the new person right. joined in and navin had kind of said we spoke to this person and he was good but they didn't get along well so maybe you talk to them uh-huh. right? again by chance and by then uh, we were again by i thought we were closer home but still slightly long distance between coimbatore and chennai so we uh-huh. kind of i was again look out for a common place and hence we landed up in bangalore that's the back story to more of a family led kind of than okay i want to be in a startup kind of a mode right to be very uh-huh. honest but uh, that experience was crucial and also i think one of the things i wanted to do with the experience was in fmcg uh, a large part of your 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 achievements are uh, are driven by two things one is the team and the brand itself right so when i worked in rekit uh, rekit has a lot of full brands can i say mm-hmm. so harpeek detol right uh, lysol uh-huh. people just automatically buy them right but then uh, similarly britannia had full brands like milky is good day and things like that right uh so they sell by default they don't have to push much right uh but for example in rekid it also uh was more of a push brand there was some to the other brands like boy right uh, mm-hmm. so you had to kind of distribute and push and stuff like that right and then the team gets doing that but with the inmobi role i had a chance to test my own skills as an individual contributor mm-hmm. right i mean there you have to go build that brand you have to go build that distribution there right and it is more of a A traditional b2b uh, sales role right right so you had to kind of go set up meetings and things like that so there was one thing i was trying to get out of my comfort zone and mm-hmm. and learn that skill and see how good i was there mm-hmm. uh that was one and but generally i think the second thing also was a family coming together in bangalore uh there uh-huh. i think that experience was a very very interesting because you could i was india business employee number 3 or 4 right the sales team was just getting built and and it was just getting out there Mm-hmm. and to really i mean we were in a indranagar i think one small uh-huh. like four bedroom kind of a place right and mm-hmm. it was great to see how much of you know perseverance and risk taking mm-hmm. i mean they were in a they started off as m coach which was sending sms to places and uh-huh. things like that right and from there when when they moved to mobile advertising right i mean i still remember my initial one year right 2011 where we used to go to meetings even brands would only know sms advertising as mobile advertising uh-huh. right sending sms blasts mm-hmm. with the biggest mobile advertising when we said we are a mobile ad network they'll be like what is it are you like you know sending sms and things like that uh-huh. right but it took that time to so in some sense being ahead of time in the idea really gave them that that uh, advantage right uh-huh. and over time then people started using and then at that point in time blackberries were still big right mm-hmm. android had just about launched right so i mean you didn't even have these what we take for granted today ios android right apps mm-hmm. none of this existed i still remember like there were like publishers like punjabiweb.com uh-huh. app was still a very used protocol right mm-hmm. so i think that experience of having a how do you risk take risks how do you be perseverant building the team making mistakes in hiring right being gentle on yourself i mean so many things and and the sheer 
sheer amount of luck you create by putting together a stellar team right. and i think at some point if you have to really succeed uh, from an idea to to a, to a slightly growing startup to a big company mm-hmm. i mean the team that you put together really plays a significant role right i mean there's so much only you can do after a point so i saw that clearly the focus on really getting good people on board culture i mean large part of the culture that i kind of harp about and i truly believe about i could see that there right i mean they really wear people first right and and uh, there is this uh, a lot of that that really helped and you end up working with smart folks around you, you end up they push you right and then you get pushed and there is new things you learn every time right so i think that way is a phenomenal experience and and the fact that so i don't know if you've seen the matrix uh, right uh, there's a scene where uh, uh, they go meet the merovingian uh-huh. and then uh, in search of the key maker right mm-hmm. and then uh, they find the key maker and they start running and and then kind of reaches fighting the henchman right and in one such scene they cut him and blood drops uh-huh. right and then the merovingian says see he too is human so i had one such moment uh, uh-huh. with navin in bombay airport right where mm-hmm. his flight was delayed and i had done some other meetings and and i was the later flight where mm-hmm. he was supposed to uh, delayed flight and we got like 30 minutes with him and then to just hear him right can we talk about the experience and they had just about raised the stock softbank round as well 200 million coming in right it was not a small amount right? uh-huh. at the 2012 times right 11 12 mm-hmm. so just that moment talking to him you could really see just on the human on the other side right yeah like obviously you have that aura around you know you know if something successful you've got such a big round in you build something phenomenal but then just to that 30 minutes that call really gave a, that connection have a lot of strength and motivation saying okay net net i mean we are all the same in some sense it's just about how much you are able to believe in yourself how much you're able to do the right things more often than not which kind of define right how far you're able to uh-huh. get things moving right so i think that was a beautiful conversation and honestly it's not like i joined the startup to say okay we'll do something on our own but again that that conversation was again some experiences that add up to it and then i also had very good managers right uh, while at inmobi and large part of the confidence was i mean look at it right? i mean you look at inmobi number of people have gone and started from inmobi is very high right. so and this is much before this current era right they were very open even then i think like culture is is really strong so even now from pictorial people go out and start right uh-huh. i'm able to kind of really deeply well wish for them because i was meeting the same experience right right by uh-huh. in mobile i think those kind of things really hit you at a very fundamental level mm-hmm. and you want to really people to succeed that's very true so i think that way very beautiful experience and a large part of risk taking perseverance being gentle mm-hmm. i think uh, i owe immobile a lot there It's amazing. So uh, finally, uh, let's uh, talk about pick your trail. I, obviously, we sort of touched upon that uh, right at the start of the conversation. Uh, so, uh, of course, if we had had this conversation at uh, you know the tail end of last year, it would have been a much different one. And you were in uh, this high flying mode in a way as a startup as such. Okay, that and then of course COVID happened. Like you said, nobody could uh, predict it. I mean, I love how Girish uh, put it in one of the podcast episodes. None of the you know top ten predictions were twenty twenty magazines or websites. Not one even had the slightest sense of uh, you know COVID there, right? Anywhere in that list. So, in that aspect, what are some of the things that have uh, changed for you as a company in the last few months? So, I think obviously uh, the like you said, the overall 
mood itself right mm-hmm. uh, from uh, growing and you so in fact recently for the first time in the mm-hmm. 6 years we slightly built some kind of a leadership team and you we were trying to build uh, them together coming together and things mm-hmm. like that right so we did something called a flywheel uh, last late last year right mm-hmm. where we really got together so one thing is to plan uh, from our side but then now that we had a team in place we want to get their inputs and get their buy in and their view of how things had to grow right mm-hmm. so we did that exercise uh, number last year and things were all set to kind of grow right i mean mm-hmm. we thought we were doing the right things mm-hmm. and boom this hit and that's that's something that uh, it's see it's it's not even like 2 3 weeks and then we get over it it's been what almost 6 months now mm-hmm. and counting and i don't it doesn't look like things are going to change anywhere in the next 5 or 6 months mm-hmm. to where they were before mm-hmm. they will slowly improve i hope Uh-huh. but we are not going to get back to the levels where we were in the next 6 months also right so so the battle is a really wrong one uh-huh. and i don't think honestly as an individual also right mm-hmm. i've never been put through such very long drawn battles mm-hmm. right i mean you fall ill you fracture your hand and i mean these are things that you get along really well right uh-huh. i mean over a period of you know see so i think a lot of conversations uh, which i have with some folks is about if somebody came and told you okay pa by like december 23rd right covid will get over uh-huh right then your mind reacts very differently to it because you have an end point so when you fracture your arm i remember i had fractured my arm right right around my 12th uh, board exam right mm-hmm. but net net i knew about 3 to 4 weeks it's going to get better right so you look forward to that but right, right now mm-hmm. that the entire thing of that that that's like a rubber band just stretching and keep stretching right and it can break any point in time mm-hmm. i mean your mental strength is being put to test right i think that that's been one biggest change right how do we as a team react to this from a mental standpoint that that's been the biggest kind of battle we've had to fight right i mean being comfortable with the fact that whatever we've built over mm-hmm. the last six and a half years is now completely broken down right i mean uh-huh. you grow revenues over a period of time now you're you're looking at zero and you're at zero what i'm looking at mm-hmm. you're at zero and you don't even know when things are so i think that for me has been one of the most biggest changes right from mm-hmm. planning for significant growth in 2019 end to saying hey you know what right. we don't know how long it's going to last right how much do we hunker down and mm-hmm. do all of us have it in us to mentally wait it out right right and then rebuild this right i think uh, that has been the mood that's been something we've been trying to do for each other and and be be kind of okay to accept that it's not easy and being gentle on each other i think has been the biggest change was there ever a question of uh, survival within the team and if it was maybe how serious was it pyd is something that uh, we all really look up to and admire right as a company what you are doing but there was this very feeling of uh, from the little folks that i could uh, i got to speak to in my network there was this air of uneasiness right uh you know uh are they going to come back out of the stronger how long is it going to take how big of a hit okay i think see survival uh is is always given right because mm-hmm. this is not something that uh, like i said it's not a short thing it's already been 6 months mm-hmm. and the the interesting part about the business is that right so we're in a leisure business right mm-hmm. so everybody plans upfront for their vacation which means that we our our standard uh booking to travel booking to departure what we call internally days to uh-huh. depart right is anywhere between 45 to 60 days uh-huh. right 
so cancellations are very very less the business itself has cancellations of 1 1.5% 2% right because it's a leisure trip everybody's pre planned everybody's got their leaves approved right. and so on and so forth mm-hmm. right if there is a cancellation it's only because either visa is not granted or is a personal mm-hmm. loss mm-hmm. right uh, so what happened also was that neither while the covid stuck only towards march end right uh-huh. a lot of the bookings that were done in the previous months also okay. got cancelled which means net net you're looking at an entire year without revenue and obviously it's not going to be easy right uh, it's not like uh, cash reserves are unending for you to be able to continue without revenue for a lo- very long period of time see it's one thing to be at a 5 10 member team right and then not be without revenue but when you're about we were about 200 people right and it, uh-huh. even when this hit i think uh, at least uh, from our side what we clearly did was we did not even uh, mince words and we tried being very upfront saying hey you know what uh, worse i mean best case we look at october kind of a revival this is march i'm talking uh-huh. about right so it's six months bare minimum we said uh-huh. things could be really wrong right that's the business plan we put six months of no revenue Right. right and uh, the worst case could be even like you don't know when things will get back right so mm-hmm. but then we don't think the team did the anything wrong it's not like we screwed up a business opportunity uh-huh. or any of us kind of so the only way to kind of survive as a team is if we all decide to kind of take pay cuts right? that's the only thing mm-hmm. we could do right so and the team kind of responded really positively and i think uh, a large part of it we thankful for them to have that faith but that also then signals that there is this chance of survival and coming back stronger right Uh-huh. but again if there is if there is a second wave third wave and things really don't get better mm-hmm. obviously your cash reserves will kind of run out right and uh-huh. it's it's but obvious that survival you look at airline shutting down mm-hmm. it's not easy right so i i won't say that uh, we are out of the woods as yet uh, there is this constant threat about survival that will always be there because the nature of the threat is such the mm-hmm. nature of the threat is uncertainty right? it's it's not something that anybody is clear about right uh-huh. but uh, the hope is that we should be able to whatever we have done from the time we've taken the decision in march mm-hmm. is to run as though business as usual we have built out new products we have kind of focused on things we want to do whatever was part of the roadmap that we drew up mm-hmm. the flywheel is what we are focusing on and building right mm-hmm. because our belief is that i mean like i said goes back right only efforts are in our control outcomes are never in our control okay. so we continue to do what we have to do right mm-hmm. and then we wait for results to play out on their own right if if things for example we had we kind of put up a maldives sale last month in july uh-huh. right and obviously nobody even thought that okay maldives who would book but we had a good amount of bookings for that so the things we learned from there was that okay people are having intent to book right mm-hmm. people want to book but the only thing is they want flexibility so mm-hmm. this this deal was valid till october 2021 right so right. people could travel any time before that so mm-hmm. again those are things now we are running a freedom sale right now as we speak right, right? where we have uh, deals across india and outbound uh, mm-hmm. destinations right mm-hmm. now these are all efforts uh, what the outcomes not in our hands we continue to do what we have to do mm-hmm. and we will hope that things will get sooner and when things if do things get better right mm-hmm. i am sure the teams kind of really in the right shape be it product be it tech be it you know business teams right. everybody is in the right shape to kind of run fastest when things are off the blocks right? right but if if things don't change let's say for the next 6 to 9 months mm-hmm. then obviously there are questions of survival i'd be kind of uh, lying to you if i said no mm-hmm. there are no questions but again the time frame is what is very important thank you that was actually uh, very candid and uh, brutally 
honest way of putting things like how they are and I, I read somewhere on twitter the companies that do survive this they are the ones who will go on to become the faces in their respective niches okay? so yeah, 2008 that's when airbnb or when slack so many uh, apps that got built who are like uh, ruling their spaces now and i'm pretty confident that uh, pyt is going to lead that pack for years to come in the travel super see when there's so many good will wishes around uh-huh. i think uh, that way it's it's that adds to your probabilities of success right so That's i think thank you for that super right i i want to switch gears at this point and uh, get your perspective on a few things as a leader obviously my admiration personally for you as a founder is uh, well documented <laughs> kind of our networks uh, overlapped in more than one ways my mentor is uh, one of your uh, good friends uh, of course you both uh, went to the same college and one of my close friends uh, deril he did an internship at picure trail and uh, whenever i speak with any of these folks you know about startups or chennai ecosystem your name inevitably comes up in the conversation in a very positive light and i cannot pinpoint any particular reason for that it's not like i i have not even met you right i only know you through your linkedin or twitter so far and maybe the couple of stories that i hear from our mutual friend right but even then right even without any particular reason there is this admiration a sense of looking up to you as a person right? maybe it's your unconventional career path or this x factor about your personality as such so i want to understand that thought process a little better i know i am throwing out a lot of abstract things here but maybe let's see if i can stitch together something that uh, is concrete for people listening to understand as well maybe let's uh, again going back to your journey uh, which you like to call as contrarian right bsc physics imb and then almost 6 7 years uh, in sales and then starting a travel company it's a quite unusual background for a classic tech ceo so the way i look at it it looks like you are not afraid to dabble with different interests at different point of time you know whatever you are most passionate about in that particular phase of your life figuring out what excites you the most is that something that you are deliberate about I think first of all thanks a lot for the kind words I've been very fortunate I know I thought and, of uh, <laughs> monologue there <laughs> So it's good I could also catch some breath and drink some water so coming <laughs> back I think uh, so if I look at I think recently uh, I I did an exercise uh, with some some folks right as part of this uh, mental uh-huh. stamina piece so I think honestly uh, I'd like to one of the things I put out there was actually I recorrected a bunch of folks who have played a very pivotal role in mm-hmm. in helping me get where i've got it i think mm-hmm. uh, so i always believe that uh, in the power of people so imagine right so first time entrepreneur right no real background and uh, and when we started i mean so i i keep joking around that i have uh, three companies right so my kids are about 5 years old picket mm-hmm. is about 6 and 1/2 years old right so we started at a time where things were just also not the most conducive times right by advice or general known Uh-huh. uh right facts but i think having the right people in the ecosystem having to look up to be being able to access them and talk to them and understand right i think 
a large part of that is because of people around and you're able to learn from them i think one thing that really i would i would think ascribe this to is it's slightly some bit of uh, shamelessness in asking right, dumb questions also sometimes i think uh, we tend to take ourselves too seriously right mm-hmm. and uh, even be it class or anything right so we kind of think no should i ask not i think there is certain amount of joy you create by just being impulsive more mm-hmm. often than not i think kids are very impulsive right uh, if you look at uh, kids they extremely impulsive right? and and uh, they have a very low sense of ego mm-hmm. right? i mean uh, so these two things i've tried keeping as much as possible right be as impulsive as possible mm-hmm. they they could be wrong i mean when you when you're especially when the team is grown right i realized that my impulsiveness might not be the best thing to do right mm-hmm. because you, everybody doesn't uh, look at things the same way right mm-hmm. but being being not taking yourself too seriously right mm-hmm. uh, that's number one staying impulsive and and listening to your gut in some sense a lot more often right and uh, the overall net net if you look at it uh, one part of not taking yourself too seriously also becomes no ego right uh-huh. so i think uh, that is broadly helped a lot in whatever i've tried to do and like you said being true to yourself see one thing i really liked so i remember this i i, I keep giving this example i don't know if you heard of a company called bain right they're a, one of the big four consults bain uh-huh. uh, and company right so uh, as part of our campus they do a lot every company comes and gives a company presentation right uh-huh. about the company and stuff right so bain's logo is a compass right that's their logo right? that's something i i recollect all the time so i've had multiple company presentations i don't know why i had to remove only this one but that dipped a very deep uh, impression on me so mm-hmm. and the guy went on to say why did they choose the compass as the logo right uh-huh. and as you are aware the compass always points to the true north right and he said as a consultant company right mm-hmm. companies engage us right come to us seeking advice to problems they are facing uh-huh. right and our ability and firstly ability our responsibility is to point to north and thereby our logo is the compass which always points to north right and then there are obviously sub layers to about how the ship can be navigated with the compass and how they are like the compass that helps companies navigate through troubles and things like that right so i think that left a very deep impression and i strongly believe all of us have a have a compass internal compass and first i think just to realize that is very important that you have a compass and listen to that compass and be true to your compass right for example one of the compass i hold is that there's no right or wrong i generally don't believe there's a right or wrong one of the i mean while while people might judge me a lot of people judge me for saying this some point in time i dabbled with the idea of teaching my daughter black is white and my son white is black <laughs> i mean so many things and then and then they might just get used to white being black and black being white right there's so many things that we are so conditioned to think right goes back to consumer behavior and you're conditioned to think so many things that i mean i think dabbling in the gray is very very crucial and so you have all of us have certain kind of such such things that we kind of are governed by internally right and that is why again going and having company is very critical because any i sorry for physics physics bringing in here but any magnetic field is distorted by another magnetic field right so it has its influence so so if the people you have around they end up shaping that's why i say i'm very lucky to have the right people because they end up shaping your your world view your compass internal compass right and thereby we are we are net net a sum total of all our life experiences mm-hmm. and that's what we are right we are, some people are easily impressionable some people are or what they are right so 
having had the right people being true to what you are internally because see it right or wrong is very subjective right but net net if you continue to do the same thing over and over again right then you end up believing in that and you end up increasing your chances of your know, success is my sense so i think uh, that was very important and, and having the right set of folks for example i don't know who was the mentor is i mean sure the large part of his or her role would have been to kind of help you discover your true strengths and i think there's there's this philosophy in people management that says you know what try and find people and improve on their weakness but i take a view that improve on their strengths right i think it's very difficult uh over especially see when you start handling people professionally they're about 25 mm-hmm. right and then 27 20 i mean that's a lot of life experiences right to change over a period of time right so some of them are habits that you can flip a switch like cigarette smoking is a habit some habits can be switched it's a switch you flip in the head but a large part of behavior and attitude that you kind of demonstrate right you're better off trying to play to their strengths and improving their strengths than to sehwag was a great player right i don't think anybody could have gone and told sehwag you know you start taking singles and playing right you will really become a i mean he's not that guy and nobody came and told dravid to learn to hit more sixes out of the park right i mean instead you kind of sehwag backs is more of his hand eye coordination lot more and you end up doing a lot more the thinner he played multan was insane right but then it is not because he learned to take rotate strike and singles right he played to his strengths and i think getting people to play to your strengths and you as a person playing more to your strengths right i think increases probabilities of success than you trying to improve a weakness yeah that uh, that makes a lot of sense and i'm uh, i'm glad you brought up this uh, whole uh, don't take yourself too seriously aspect right that uh, that's probably one of my favorite things about you as such it's how approachable you are right and that's a fascinating trait really like uh, how we discussed at the start this whole inviting through memes you know uh, bringing in tamil movies and uh, that i don't think i could have done that and gotten away with a lot of people right you know of course a small part of me was nervous it's this uh, big time founder with a super busy schedule oh, come um, on but how can i like uh, go about sending some random tamil memes to him what would he think about this and all but there was this small part that uh, believed that you would actually appreciate the humor which is exactly how it uh, turned out to be and i'm i'm very fascinated by that persona as such but how how do you draw that line you know this line between uh, the person i am and the kind of company i want to build i'm uh, obviously uh, some of these are very individualistic traits right it's very specific to who you are as a person your experiences the people uh, you spend time with and all but when you look at you know 100 employees and 200 employees how do you strike this balance between hari as a person and hari as a leader of a picture what point do you draw this line no this is me and uh, i cannot bring this fold of my personality into my leadership activities it's a very very interesting question because i've struggled quite a bit and i've kind of tried answering this for myself multiple times because like you rightly said how much of that uh, you being a person outside and that nature versus mm-hmm. in a very professional setup how do you kind of balance? i think honestly 
I don't think I've kind of managed to figure that out mm. as yet. As to what is is it? Is it good? First of all, I don't know if it's good or bad. But I mean, is it? Uh, see, some I'll tell you a very classic case. Right? I mean, net net uh, because you're approachable, you end up becoming approachable even at work. But then sometimes what happens is then you end up. I don't know. See, it's nature. You're approachable. You want to help, right? Mm-hmm. But then in that in that process, do you kind of you know uh, make their managers right uh, lose their opportunity to help? I don't know. So these are things that I've kind of pondered quite a bit, right? And to be honest, I don't think I've kind of found that out as yet. But I don't know. I would love to kind of uh, maybe. I, it's a it's a constant evolution. I've kind of mm-hmm. answered for myself how much of how much of this. See, for example, things like sports. Right? Mm-hmm. I love sports, and exactly that that seeped uh-huh. in. That seeped in. The org has we we we've, we've had a cricket team, uh-huh. right? We play quite often as a team uh, in the org. We play sports. We play. We have an annual sports day. Current the current. So we have a channel where we have a throwback, right? Uh, because we're all working remote uh-huh. now. Clearly, people are talking about Sports Day because every August we have Sports Day, right? Now, that's luckily for both me and Shrinath, right? Uh, we're quite active in our lifestyle, right? So, it's very easy, and it's it is it is it is unavoidable, right? As a leader, your traits will seep. I have had. I don't know if you have noticed. If you notice, over a period of time, mm-hmm. the the kind of words leaders use get picked up by the team as well in some sense sometimes right mm-hmm. so it's inevitable it's inevitable that uh, like girish is a huge rajini fan mm-hmm. so you end up having some parts of rajini in in fresh works right i mean mm-hmm. there's no running away from it right mm-hmm. so i think as a leader whatever small team big team some parts of your traits get they do trickle down into the team there's no running away from it now are they good or bad is the earlier battle like continue to say i know sports is a good habit i mean we're lucky If the team is lapped on, right, and we kind of do it quite often, we play poker, and because I mean, I strongly believe poker helps in people reading. It's more than a sport, right, in some sense, right. So we've kind of ended up playing poker, right. So things that we do, reading, for example, is so the interesting thing is other part is reading, right. So a large part of uh, my life experiences and learnings are being talking to people or reading, right. Right. Now we try and inculcate. Uh, that that thought in people now obviously you are you have different kinds of feedback there right so then we end up figuring out okay then how do we inculcate the habit right how do we see net net if you're able to make that person realize the importance of something from more of a reflection mm-hmm. than as a direction reflection always wins right direction by default needs signboards right otherwise you're lost right? if, if you're taking directions you need directions continuously right uh-huh. but if it's more of a reflective right realization then then you are seeking it and that's the best thing to do right right so that's a standard teaching a man how to fish which is uh-huh. feeding him fish right so i think uh, that's those are things we try but uh, yeah to short answer i think it's it is something that happens and which which parts are right which parts are not right it's a very very uh, reflective figuring out process that i'm still in the process of that uh, makes a lot of sense sorry and before we head to the final part of the show which i like like to call as the random day um i actually have a couple of questions from some of my close friends right uh, obviously since i mentioned uh, i'm talking to uh, hari ganapati and they couldn't resist you know they wanted to get in on this amma kalayenga see this is exactly the kind of uh, trait that i uh, so admire you know and so uh anyway i am it looks to me that you are you are doing a fine job of striking that balance so far 
that's just a side note there right so eh, folks who wanted your suggestion on a couple of things right let me just jump into the first one here how do you pre- prepare yourself uh, financially and mentally that's on caps no? before you make the jump into entrepreneurship from a steady paying job right and i think this is, makes a lot of sense for you to answer than a lot of people because you didn't set out as someone who wanted to found a company if i'm not mistaken there so super i think uh, clearly there is there are two parts like you rightly said there's financial there's mental right so mental is is about the the compass i spoke about right everybody has our uh, north star and we have to figure out why you're doing what you're doing right that has to be very clear right so and the moment you you jump into that you have to realize that uh, it's something you're doing it for your, your own self and not be peer pressured into what people think right so i think uh, that's a mental part winning that mental battle is very very important because you have to be sold and and that obviously can be method to that madness right mm-hmm. clearly what's the runway you have that's, that's where the financial come because financial is the most there are really two important things i think okay there are three if we include the mental right uh-huh. the clarity on why you're doing what you're doing mm-hmm. ideally i would love that you document it write it down for yourself because how much ever you think you know very clearly why you're doing it mm-hmm. when things start blurring it could change one two is financial stability right i mean you have to really plan out uh if you have loans how you going to serve for it and things like that right so that's very important third is family backing right mm-hmm. because when there's a lot of peer pressure you end up at least by default end up uh, defaulting on family for support right uh-huh. and you should be should be very sold that at that time they're going to kind of comfort and kind of push you positively right and not really say up away sonna you should have thought about it i mean it's the last thing you want right so i mean so especially for those of you on love marriage you'll realize that you know right the, depending on how well you have convinced your parents right on the first fight their the response can be very different right so you don't want that you want them to back you with all love right so i think uh, the the financial part and the family part is very easy to solve mm-hmm. the mental part is i think you having that clear sense of purpose of why you're doing and be very okay i think see this is there's no better time to start up right now in india right uh-huh. i mean in every there's so much if you talk about funding there's so much funding available right now right if you talk about people there's so much talent available right now if you talk about general risk taking abilities right look at yourself right you you've quit a full time job and now you're doing a podcast right you got a very funny logo mm-hmm. and people are generally a lot more risk taking right now than 10 years before right? uh-huh. so the the op- the chances of you finding more like minded risk taking people right is is highest right and and i think it's no more the case that you know you would even find brides if you're a startup founder right apparently now chances are higher than let's say 7 8 years before uh-huh. so i think uh, as long as you have your financial and family clear and the reason why you're doing very clear right then you should just go about and start it and if you don't take yourself too seriously and even failure is is not an issue right net net it's it's what you've learned uh-huh. in that process that's going to make you any day better okay. ideally 2 years financial runway for to give a very very solid answer 2 years financial runway is better right you give it about 2 years right bare minimum and then within the year you will realize mm-hmm. that you know will that two become another two another one and then you keep building on top of it right and honestly success is a very very internal metric Mm-hmm. i think if you don't place success outside and leave it internal right i think then that's very important for you to feel at peace within yourself 
uh, yeah, I, I think that sort of um, there is a question coming up later in the random deck. I think you have answered a lot of that in this one as well. So let me jump to the second one that uh, one of my other uh, uh, people in the network has asked. I know this is a little unconventional to ask this to you, but what are some of the opportunities for someone trying to start up in the travel space? I'm sure you want to be the first one to jump onto something like that. No. But I think it is wide enough space that there is room for multiple players. So, very interesting, right? So, what are other spaces? We did that exercise sometime in April, to be very honest, to see, okay, COVID has stuck. What all can we do other than this, what we're doing from a travel specific? See, okay, you look at India as a market itself, right? So, it's going to explode over the next 10, 12 years in terms of outbound travel, in terms of domestic travel, in terms right. of, right? So, so many things are, are going to get streamlined, right? Mm-hmm. So, you pick up. The way to look at it is there are two parts. There's a B2C, there's a B2B, right? So, if you're solving a B2B problem, mm-hmm. right? Uh, then, I, so when I say B2B, I mean a, a problem for the travel industry itself in India, uh-huh. right? If you want to solve that, for example, then, for example, you have to be an insider. Mm-hmm. To have known that problem, felt that pain, right? And thereby see what those. So I, honestly, I, I I don't have visibility of what all things can be solved for travel companies in India to become much better, right? On the B2B side, I think uh, clearly a lot of opportunities will come up, right? Very simple, like even things like a city transport card. They're not standardized as yet, right? I mean, mm-hmm. today in Chennai, if you have to buy a transport card that works across bus, train, right. or the MRTS, right? I mean, you haven't solved for it very easily, right? Uh, number one. Uh, one of the key things in outside India is these uh, kids who act as travel guides, right? Uh, uh, now, there is not much of those things happening. You could do that, number two, right? Uh, I think uh, there's a lot that could be done. See, for example, high-speed train network is not yet up and running, right? Uh-huh. Uh, but when that's, those things start happening in 10, 15 years, I mean, a lot of opportunities that will come along with that uh-huh. that comes up. I think within station food is a huge opportunity. Right? I mean, especially if you have high-speed trains and a lot of business travelers coming in. I've seen it happen in 2013, mm-hmm. or 12, 13 in Europe, right? I mean, there are bakeries up and running at 5 a.m., right? And these guys are very huge predators, right? They come in, they have a train about three hours, right? They end up at 9, 9.30 in their city of work. They pick up some stuff and then they move, right? So mm-hmm. I think in 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 station kind of food, it could be a very very huge thing if you solve for it, right? So there could be a DTC brand playing there. Apart from that, uh, solving for network dongle, right? Uh, foreigners coming into India, it's still a big pain mm-hmm. trying to get a phone connection, right? So if you're able to solve that, mm-hmm. right, it could be a huge thing. Cars are Zoom car is kind of done some bit of it, but I think see one of the key things. Again, it's a function of what is success for you internally. Mm-hmm. But India, actually, if you see, is like is like Europe, mm-hmm. right? So that's how big it could be. So the population of Germany is less than population of Chen- Tamil Nadu, but the GDP, current GDP of Germany is is I think last known when I saw is I think about at least six seven times more than Tamil Nadu, right? Uh-huh. So even if you just solve for TN something, right, you have a significant opportunity at building something of value. I mean, I say value, couple of hundred crores. At bare minimum, right? So then you pick up entire TN, right? So entire South India to solve for it, right? I mean, pilgrim tours. Just mm-hmm. think about it, right? I mean, there's such a huge opportunity, 
right? In pilgrim tours, right? And you just have to standardize it. The experience has to be insane. Right? You have to add a lot of value there. Content has to be created for that. It can't be like top 10 things to do in Tanjavur, right? I mean, how do you get a really solid guy to come and do an Airbnb meets, Airbnb experiences meets, you know, some solid transportation problem if you could solve. Mm-hmm. I think that could be insane. Right. I think there are huge opportunities there. So across, right, inbound, outbound, right, mm-hmm. infrastructure, there are opportunities galore, right? I mean, you just look at number of hotels. Right. There are not many. Right? You, you have to go to Kodai. Now you will have a lot of hotels, but one thing start getting better, I'm assuming Jan Feb, right? You mm-hmm. always have a dearth of good properties. Right. Ola, sorry, Oyo actually set out to solve that fundamental problem, right? Standardizing tier two, tier three towns, right? And and not just tier two, tier three towns, tier two, tier three hotel, right? If they're just, I mean, they're still trying, but if they're able to nail that mm-hmm. experience, right? Then, then overall ecosystem value goes up multiple notches. It's interesting. You sort of, you know, throw around like two, three really good ideas there on the fly. And this is another interesting question. What next? It's sort of like the title of an essay, <laughs> something that Paul Graham would write. So as the what next? So the subtext just um, as the world wakes up to a new paradigm in travel and vacation, how is PYT going to adapt to this and run the race in becoming a market leader here? Hmm. So I think uh, when we had to internally also reflect on COVID and its and its impact, right? So there are two kinds of at least is my personal uh, opinion. I'm I'm happy to be kind of uh, you know your comments and anything anybody else is listening comments as well, right? I think uh, clearly there are some some things that can that are that are amenable to change, right? Uh, for example, let's say Swiggy. Right, so a large part of us cooking didn't come very naturally, right? And it was more of a core. You had to wake up early. Mm-hmm. We didn't wake up early as a society. We we're getting a little bit more laid back. So then, but office had to be there. So you end up ordering food, right? And things. Oh, you have a cook and things like that, right? So you're in principle okay for those habits to change, and and thereby some new opportunities can come, right? Change can disrupt, right? Now remote is is another thing, right? So. In principle, over the six, seven months, people have either got used to it or, or you know, are getting used to it. But how much of this would change, we don't know. Right. right? Uh, though while I'm on the other side of the remote uh, uh, viewpoint, right? But there are certain structural shifts that can happen. When yeah. I say structural shifts, even 20, 30% of people getting used to working remote is a structural shift, right? Uh, but when I look at travel, right, the human need, right, uh, and human inherent human desire to explore right. is not changed. Time immemorial, right? We were by default, we are like nomads and tribes. That's inherently in our DNA, right? We invented the wheel, right? Then from wheel, we kind of moved to railroads. Then we moved mm-hmm. to steam engine. Then we moved to aeroplanes. Now we want to colonize Mars. So that this is this is a very very deep down inherent thing. So that's not going to go away. Right, so I believe that this is a very very long pause. It's oh. unfortunate. It's it's like literally you are on pause, and your memories from the past are like playing out in like half half speed loop. Right, that's how it is for most travel companies. Right now, you can't do anything about it. You can only feel very happy about things happened in the past, but and you have no control on when the pause will be lifted. Right, uh-huh. I mean, governments are changing, e-pass restrictions are changing. Tomorrow you're allowed, therefore you're not allowed. Uh-huh. There's so much uncertainty, both in terms of protocols and the virus itself, the source. Right, but I don't believe the inherent 
desire to conquer, to go see a new place, to go make memories, right? If at all anything, I think people being locked down will start valuing the outdoors a lot more, right? If at all anything, right? I think that could happen, right? So I think we are an industry which which fundamentally caters to a human trait, right? So I don't see a significant change, right? How we con- how we consume will VR AR come? I I honestly don't know. Maybe I'm slightly I'm slightly not. Uh, have enough vision there but i think from a travel perspective right that the experience and the chance this encounters and things like that are very difficult to be programmatically solved right yes you might be you might when you feel like on demand vr might be great hey, i want to relive my memory of being in rome right uh, maybe that could be useful right so maybe if somebody put up a device where you could actually visualize yourself being there right right and then record and keep it but but even there i go back right all the photos we click unless google or facebook threw up a memory beautiful feature to build right you think about it the insiders nobody goes back to their photos but and let me throw back the memory to them right. like same time 4 years ago uh-huh. that's how now we relive our memories right? right so maybe those would be interesting right those could be interesting things but by default that becoming your main medium of consumption uh-huh. of a particular place i doubt so i think uh, in this particular case i think i like to say the more things they seem to change they remain the same right so i think uh, okay. the inherent need to travel the quest to conquer the desire to experience something new right i think will 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 be there and and by default we already a society where some people like to travel and some people don't like to travel the behavior is already inherent that's sure. right so so you'll have friends who will be like illa macha it's okay i'll just chill right and some people like come 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 this 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 is yeah. right so i think that's broadly done already right so i think uh, yeah so but the pause is super long so you just have to wait it out and say post this we are hoping that people will kind of start traveling a lot more and and things should start becoming normal but when will they go back to normal depends on vaccine depends on people getting used to it depends on you know scientific data emerging about the virus and so on and so many other uncertainties which are not in our control right not sure Mm-hmm. so uh that uh, sort of uh, wraps up uh, our major part of the conversation so let's jump into random deck it's aimed to be you know less intense in a way first thing is uh, who is the person you reach out to the most for advice multiple people to be uh-huh. honest right so like for example there are multiple people that have kind of reach out to depending on so some people are subject matter experts right some uh-huh. people have built products right so you kind of bunch of parakeets with them some people have built very strong teams uh-huh. you reach out to them right uh, but i i've i've kind of uh, through this pandemic uh, started working with uh, one of my mentors and uh, a lot more deeper and now in some sense a very coach kind of a, a relationship right now and that's more from that mental stamina i spoke about right and uh-huh. and how do we kind of weather the storm right so sometimes it, you, you end up in such crisis questioning yourself right so i think that uh-huh. that way a coach really helps there right? but uh, i think uh, you have to build a wide vary i mean you need to have somebody on the hr side who you can kind of bounce of thoughts in right. terms of how do you structure teams how do you because when you're a smaller team the one organization structure works when you're when you're a larger team right some other and these things can also be learned from founders but uh-huh. founders always don't don't see we are very good generalists right but not necessarily great subject matter experts right so uh-huh. uh so sometimes it's better to getting in a subject matter expert opinion so bunch of folks and obviously you have a very core inner circle of people you kind of are vulnerable to and are able uh-huh. to kind of talk through your fears right. and 
so i think it's it's a mix i wouldn't say this is one person to be honest uh-huh. yeah that makes sense no let let me just jump on to the next one here if you could have dinner with a very popular personality you know uh, could be thinkers uh, their founders or actors who do you want to have a conversation with uh, over food oh so many people there's no one person so many people i for example i was uh, recently i was reading bill campbell's book i'd love to uh-huh. kind of chat with him to understand i mean imagine you're a coach to so many uh-huh. biggies right so the sheer amount of responsibility that could be one right uh, i would love to you know be with uh, vikram the actor right i mean danush the actor i mean vikram not like given up career how do you rebuild career danush is like rags to riches kind of a story in some sense and you look at his i mean so that's clearly one so many people for me there are a lot of folks who i was talking to in fact one of one of the uh, chat i had during this lockdown was with uh, my my kids go to a school and uh, the principal of the school she was uh, she was she comes from a marwadi family right and uh-huh. and some very 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 uh, and she's is at least 10 15 years elder to me hopefully uh-huh. i'm not sure but not very very normal for them to kind of start something on their own right uh-huh. uh, so how she had to kind of fight her way through to i started with a crash in her own house right. to build a montessori school and i mean so those connections also i think inspiration can come from anybody it not necessarily be a very acclaimed figure so i think but clearly these people on the sports side have a lot of respect for so many personalities right to to kind of build what they built right so i think gary kirsten stephen fleming doni obviously i mean uh-huh. you just have to kind of go talk to them right uh-huh. and understand i'd love to kind of talk to dravet to see i mean he's is a perfect second fiddle right uh-huh. i mean all through your life you are not center of attention right and you're still at peace with yourself right i mean mm-hmm. such in such in such in such in that guy does so much obviously people try and talk about dravid but uh-huh. when you how does it feel to live through that period right where everybody talks about such in goes gaga about such in and then you are so good at still what you're doing right right how did it not let you affect you at all so those are things we'd love to kind of chat up with dravid done such in like the tesla and edison <laughs> story in terms no, of i think so similar life to have just been there i don't know how to just wake up every day and be good yourself but uh-huh. see it's a very human thing right to uh-huh. seek appreciation right right i mean through this connection also you've been very nice to me said good uh-huh. things about me it's a very human thing right so to seek appreciation to seek appreciation but still be okay with not so much appreciation how do you do i mean very beautiful i heard gopichand uh, gopichand was one there freshworks does a uh yearly thing rework right so i think uh-huh. uh, gopichand was there for one of those and to hear him was amazing right just to hear him mm-hmm. that was a very beautiful condition i mean that guy a single handedly produced so many badminton championships uh-huh. for india right now mm-hmm. right and how do you go about doing that right so there is virendra skira right? i mean so many people i think i'd love to share stories about people building what they're doing and any anybody you put me on the side generally shameless and curiosity uh-huh. is a very deadly combo and <laughs> so you just i end up asking so many things it's just fun that's true <laughs> next one is um, if you could gift 100 copies of one of your favorite books which book would you give to people whoa very very difficult question there's so many books how can you pick up one very difficult <laughs> to be very honest i i i let you have three i i had aishwarya ashok a few episodes back and uh, she's a this big book worm and 
uh, this you said this is supposed to uh, supposed to be low intensity, but this is the one that I struggle most with. So let me have three hundred copies. I want to give three books, so I'll give you that option. Crazy, it's I don't know. I so I, I'm also very wrong, uh, bad with uh, recalling. So it's the bias, right? Recency bias exists. So I'm trying hard to fight my recency bias and not recommend books I'm reading right yeah. now or have recently finished. So that's why having a Goodreads account helps, I think. But I don't have one. crazy i don't know so i think one book i'll obviously talk about is the prophet uh, by khalil gibran i think uh, you have to have to it's a very 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 small book uh, where he talks about various emotions and responses mm-hmm. to it right so i think uh, that book has hugely helped uh, me uh, generally i think it's a very very good book to kind of read when you're reflecting and things like that right so uh, it's 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 like I, I i'll quote one about children he speaks but i think it's also uh uh you can also apply it to the teams you build right so i mean he talks about i'm not able to recall the entire thing i'll paraphrase it but he talks in the lines of uh, you can you can give them your dreams but you can't give them wings right so and uh, you, this this is like children have been shot from you you are like the bow and the arrows and while you can't control once you have shot you really can't control where they end up right in some sense right so i think uh, again that's the effort to outcomes in some sense so i think that book is a very beautiful book uh, second one is uh, thinking fast and slow by dale kahneman i think it's a it's it's a it's slightly dry if depends on your 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 yes, inclination towards things but uh, it's a beautiful book on biases and and how See, by default, we are biased, right? And and I continue to tell my team, mm-hmm. uh, context and bias are two sides of the same coin, right? You develop context over time, but then see, currently, right? I mean, you go ask somebody who is the head of HR and cognizant mm-hmm. to come and talk about working remote. I mean, very difficult, right? That the person has been in a very different setting, context of ten, fifteen years of having built HR. is very different from what is the current age group what are they talking about right mm-hmm. take teachers right now mm-hmm. kids are like muting video ma'am no yeah. signal how do you conduct texts tests right? right if you if you have done so many question papers all right. that is gone because the environment in which tests are being conducted that context is no bias right so i think that book is a beautiful book uh, reflection on biases and how how we by default make shortcuts to decide right and and where biases play a significant role in that and how can you as a brand or a product use that right mm-hmm. to drive a lot of game mechanics is about those biases right so when who would have thought that people buy buy stuff on pubg and that's yeah. a million dollar industry <laughs> by itself right so i mean yeah, you want to look good right <laughs> yeah so even that. in a video game you want to look good right so it's crazy <laughs> i can see as a consumer so, behavior behavior the aspirant uh, how fascinating you would find those to be <laughs> that yeah, crazy <laughs> it's amazing so i think these are two books uh, clearly uh, i think uh, slightly if i have to pull up a book that i don't know if i've read it and many people not i don't know i'll just read i'm trying to pull up a book that's not very popular this is a book called checklist manifesto by atul gawande uh, it's a very beautiful book again so a lot of the times we think that you know lapa it needs a set of brilliance to to really achieve something in life i mean tamil nadu right so i it goes back to sports right i mean how much have we talk about kohli and dhoni right i mean they are not superstars 
just because you're superstars, right? I mean, there is there is this this control on diet, this control on gymming, this control on nets. The sheer amount of hours they spend practicing is not easily visible. But everybody wants to become like them in the shortest period of time. This book talks about uh, so Atul Kumar is a is a doctor right in the US, and he talks about uh, how just having checklists can guarantee success, right? right. Nine out of ten times, right? And how we inherently avoid checklists, right? Mm-hmm. And that's discipline, right? So net net in an emergency response room when somebody is, is ushered in, right? There's a there's a checklist manifesto at work. You take their pulse, you take their BP, you take their uh-huh. temperature, right? You have to do all of that, right? right? And I will record all of that, right? Mm-hmm. And because that serves as a as somebody coming in and trying to troubleshoot, all of these kind of actually helps them troubleshoot, right? So I think that was a beautiful book. And he talks about three kinds of things that people build, right? It's a very interesting thing. Uh, I don't recollect so this uh, this simple. Uh, I think uh, simple. Uh, one second, just give me a second. Uh-huh. I don't recollect uh, three three kinds of stuff that you could build, right? Uh, simple, and there is complex, and then there's one more, right? Mm-hmm. I forget the third one. So simple is. I am not sure. So simple is anything that is a recipe book, right? You just look at it, series of steps, checklists uh-huh. you follow. That's why everybody has been now baking in the lockdown, right? Right. It's very easy to bake. Uh-huh. You follow a set of steps, you end up having a cake. That's the beauty true. is you just put the picture. You don't put uh-huh. the face of the person <laughs> eating the, the cake. Yeah. You just put the cake, right? I mean, so it's it's that quite simple to bake that cake. Right? Yeah. Complex is is a series of simple things done over time, uh-huh. right? Uh, so it's, it's, it's building a house, right? Right? Uh, it's it's in some sense uh, complex. But it's a series of steps you follow over a period of time. It's a multiple things, right? That, but the third thing I forget what it's called, or it could be called complex. And I'm kind of uh, changing. I'm not sure. But these are things that you really have no checklists. There's no replica success possible, right? It is. It is raising a kid. It is building a company. It is building culture, right? There is no one secret sauce, right? So, and it's it's so much of trial and error, right? And there is no what works for me. Does not work for you. Right. Right? You look at company cultures, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, some companies are very output driven. Some companies are very. I mean, what works for them? That's the beauty about one person's lemonade, not or drinking somebody's Kool Aid for you, right? right? Doesn't make sense. Uh-huh. That is why you can't take advice and try. And, so that is, and he says that, and I think over time I've come to realize that, like eight or nine out of ten things that we do uh-huh. either fall in the simple or the complex pieces, right? Mm-hmm. But we end up end up putting them on the third most bucket right that's complicated so that, not mistaken so i did it abriya uh-huh. okay did a quick google let me just confirm and i'll add it in the show notes for people who want to refer to that i had a very good realization because when you throw problems to managers or to leaders or for ourselves right we end up over complicating it by default yes. right but if you're able to just say illa pait either this or this right and then then what works a checklist works a checklist always works Right, so like very complex things like page speed, right? Page speed is Google has so many things to go and are there at a page speed. But then, if you realize it's a, it's a bunch of things of a checklist, and then uh-huh. every push and release, if you're able to check if all of them are done, then more right. often than not, page speed is under control. Uh-huh. Right. Similarly for hiring, Amazon has this very very solid hiring process, right? But it's something I'm sure they've kind of fabricated over time and tweaked uh-huh. over time. Right. Makes sense. This sounds But similar to Scott Adams. I have to learn to learn to speak in very small sentences. <laughs> no, I, I end up 
in certain cases it's uh, more the merrier especially for as a podcast host it's always the case for me. yeah i i think i think your response has been that makes sense uh-huh. and uh, you give me responses have been so i got let you have to say anything i'm really sorry about it but uh... <laughs> no 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 i i mean i speak in every episode right this episode is special because you are on it right that's true for every guest coming on i'm going to be here in episode 112 50 or not <laughs> so people are coming uh, into here you okay so i'll uh, jump on to uh, just a couple of quick ones here if there was a universal billboard in every town in the world and you get to pick what goes on into that billboard what message would you share for the world could be a quote or a life lesson or anything that you want to say you? Mm-hmm. very difficult uh, see this is a challenge right a lot of these things become very decency biased you ask me 6 months later i'll have a different quote i'm very difficult to say da this what makes sense i i think uh, this anything i would like to say be more often than not we tend to underestimate our own potential right i think yeah that process of discovering your potential i think could be beautiful Yeah. Yeah, if it's been it may, this makes sense and uh, I'm sorry for you know putting you in a spot more often than not this is supposed to be the most chilled out part of the conversation really <laughs> you have left so much open ended questions mm. okay. so um, uh, finally uh, before uh, we reverse the tables and you get to ask me one question uh, let's close out this with this one with you being in the hot seat of answering things if you could nominate one person from your network to share their stories or experiences on the takeaway club who would that person be bunch of folks uh, in chennai i think quite a bit ashwini from uh, matrix then i think she's done phenomenally well again this is again predominantly i stick to startup because it makes more uh, sense for your audience as well krish from charge b right has done good work i don't know you should try and get karthi who i have a huge respect for him i don't have heard of karthi karthi a volunteer uh uh-huh. yeah we, i i did a, i did an episode with him you should check that out oh super uh-huh. oh, great he's a great guy uh-huh. huge respect for him so i think he's a great guy i well. sort of wanted to do something i mean i have huge admiration for what he does and i sort of turned that one into a mini fundraiser i was uh, some three four episodes in and uh, whoever listened i uh, sort of you know pledged that uh, the takeaway club will contribute a certain amount for every person who listens to this episode so that was very nice so i had very good impact okay so uh, and thank you for that so this is yeah two names super yeah uh, this is sort of the product feature that i am building into the podcast you know you have this continuous supply of folks that you can continue to reach out and pick your brain see in fact i think i i've, I've long debated about this and i don't know i leave this thought with you because you're doing this i think more than people like krish ashni me uh-huh. you should really try and see these are okay i think the challenges could be we have to figure out folks right who are actually contributing to our success so they help us get the mainstream ah right? i think that those where you you'll have real questions like you they will have questions i really wish there were more podcasts to to mm-hmm. because anybody joining okay obviously this a certain bunch you want to inspire and get people uh-huh. more people to start up because uh-huh. somebody inspired us but i think we also need to hear from people who genuinely have gone through pains of of right. working from 0 to 100 right 
and hear their stories i think that will be super interesting for you yeah this and for the audience also is very good this is something that i've uh, contemplated in more than once it's sort of like a chicken and egg problem you know the audience wants to listen to people who are in the mainstream uh, successful if i could use that term right i reached out to you because i already know you and it's uh, difficult for me as a host to reach out to a stranger who i have not heard of right so but i i i clearly see this is something that i am trying to see if i can do something to fix so one of the plans that i have is uh, you know um, make it into seasons you know like how you have tv shows rather than go episode 25 30 40 and so on say season 1 Uh, episode 10 20 and then season 2 episode 1 and have these themes and like you said one of the themes that i've been trying to figure out if i can make it work is you know something like uh voice of the voiceless you know people like you say who are in the trenches uh moving the needle but who people have not heard you know maybe if i can bring uh, someone like that that would be nice but yeah it's something that i'm trying to see if i how i can uh, sort of contribute to that See, I think marketing that, like you're saying, will always be a challenge. Uh-huh. But uh, I think if you do it consistently, right, uh, and that's a personal drive. That's actually the question I wanted to post to you also. How do you build uh-huh. consistency in something like a podcast, right? right? But if you're able to do it sooner than later, I think there'll be more people. Okay, one of the biggest things is you have to get someone who can who can kind of hold uh, and kind of talk relevantly as well. That's the thing, obviously, mm-hmm. selection that can come. But I think those voices will. will be a lot more relatable let anyone people who are relatable uh-huh. right so uh-huh. you will be able to leave a, i think a much more impact there is my sense because see net net like what is the question you're asking what books you'll recommend then a book ke padikka matan what's the point of asking what books you'll recommend uh-huh. then you want to talk to the guy and see the book padikka matan then how do you how do you what do you do to keep yourself how do you improve uh-huh. yourself because i mean those are things that people i think would want to know is my uh-huh. i mean i don't know i might be wrong but that's the question yeah, i want to leave you with and say Sin. Uh-huh. <laughs> nice. Padya, I caught you there. <laughs> just by, just by saying things and making people, making people, uh, you know, aware can be a significant win. <laughs> right. Ah. Uh, yeah. I. Yeah. I think that's something that I also want to do. Right. When uh, when you look at uh, at the end of the day, as a podcaster, uh, just like how a company wants to maximize its reach and everything, uh, I have a set of uh, mini milestones and uh, you know. product plans and as such right to see to take it to the subsequent level right and i'm trying to see how i can bring in these uh, i i'm not even sure what the right uh, diplomatic way to call it you know you can't go about calling you know lesser known people i'm not sure if that's even applicable in today's is it but yeah uh, but i've had folks like uh, you know uh, one episode that i could uh, recall is uh, there is this person called sandhya chandrashekharan koi sandhya on twitter so uh, i knew her from twitter only uh, so she caught my attention because she is a normal uh, working mom she has a 6 year old kid and uh, you know asking her about uh, how she manages work and uh, household work and office work and how she plans to raise her kid so they were very interesting things like you said that's more relatable than you know a startup ceo who is trying to hustle into building a million dollar company right of folks you know people 100 people listening 99 people uh, they don't want to be in the founder business like you say right so mm. yeah let's see let's hopefully uh, you know i'll uh, try to make it as uh, 
unique as possible for my podcast as well to uh, so yes yeah. <laughs> did i answer that adequately i'm not sure yes <laughs> so i've had you know uh, the easier questions have been run out you know why did you start a podcast what niche are you going to be in and the more questions that come in i kind of feel that heat you know here i am grilling you folks for 70 80 minutes and the one question that uh, you ask i can kind of say oh no i can see oh i'm going about asking about what you would put on a billboard right so yeah <laughs> so it's nice that no, i think we super i think as long as it's i think you should try i think as part of the overall ecosystem uh-huh. it has to kind of more people one of the things i really request a lot of founders also when i speak to them is going to write right because so many of them have good uh if any founders are listening you know who i referring to but i bunch of people i keep telling them just write mm-hmm. because there's so much inherent if you have to reflect when you write right so it's not very easy mm-hmm. and uh, yeah i've got that habit slowly in the team like bunch of my uh, folks at securely started writing yeah right? yeah I'm becoming a product manager one of the things that i wanted to cover you know you're one of those companies who was very vocal about your uh, employee stories as well even last week i remember reading about uh, this person who jumped from consultancy to product management that was very Correct. useful advice you know until you as a leader take the initiative to uh, ask your folks to do that that story never gets out right that's uh, i think it's important because that's more for everybody out there it's interesting for people to also and the more people do it right then more amazing the the overall equation becomes right it becomes very vibrant and buzzing right absolutely true mm-hmm. well uh this was super insightful super. and uh, super fun i wish uh, i mean that yes i had a lot of fun expected uh, you know knowing you as a person and that is exactly how it turned out to be and again thank you for making the time i know the kind of uh, phase you are going through uh, as a company and for you to make up the time for something like this that's uh, that's again you know that's a testament to you as a leader and that's, uh, that's you could also look at it as getting finding one reason to get away from kids on a sunday at a very fundamental level it could be that also i'm not saying that is but i'm just saying it could be literally right. also so uh, before we wrap up uh, i have two things one uh, no, people reach oh, <laughs> you know this is sort of like uh, people who want to continue the discussion after it is over so where can people reach you so that's one part and the second part is what are some of the things that you at pick your trailer up to these days you know what should we keep track of So let me let's close with that. Done. Okay. So best is Twitter. Hari P Y T. H A R I P Y T. I'm on Twitter. That's I'm slightly active there and super easy. We can talk about it. I love the platform. And uh, what we're up to, we we like I said, we're trying a bunch of. So we launched a deals platform, right? Uh, India's first uh, leisure holiday deals platform, mm-hmm. right? So it's kind of done well uh, initially, traction wise from an overall numbers wise. so currently we're running a freedom sale mm-hmm. i love and urge everyone to check out please put it in your notes also put it in the yeah. caption also if possible okay. right so mm-hmm. i think uh, uh, we're the, the sale is doing well we've got about up to uh, 60% off on clear properties which are like good brand names so you're assured of safety and you can travel till up to 1 year so nice. that way it's, mm-hmm. it's also not additional to make but you get a very good price when you yeah. book now mm-hmm. that's what we're up to then there are a bunch of other things we're trying uh, on the product side so hopefully you should hear uh, on that in the coming weeks and months mm-hmm. 
It's awesome. Otherwise, yeah, we're having fun. Super. Uh, Hopefully, possible. when this thing uh, goes away, whenever it is, we'll probably catch up in person. Chennai. Yes. Look forward to hosting you at office. Super. Thank you. Thank you, Hari. Has been a pleasure. Take Done. care. Thanks. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Ciao. Bye, Krishna.